Hey, thanks for downloading and listening to this week's episode of West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez, joined by Deba Donald Paz. What's up, dude? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, brother? It's going good, man. We're about to dissect all the summer soccer that's been going on. Dude, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. <laughs> ready to go. I hope you listening, I hope you're ready. But before we get started, I got to ask you to please do us a favor, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, screenshot and tag us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at WestBoxScore. Our social links will also be in the show notes. So, Debot, we also have a good buddy, right? Sonny Hermano? What's he at? Yeah, we got a good friend, Sonny Hermano, who's part of our show here. And you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. He's at the Fox Crate, which is actually his other podcast. That he hosts along with his cousin, Primo Rick. Shouts out, Primo Rick. Shout out to Primo Rick for sure. And, you know, it's one of those shows that, like, if I had to uh, put it together, I would say it's a vinyl meets culture. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like what tell you in a nutshell what this show's about. But it's really good. A lot of great conversations about, you know, music, life, everything in between, man. Very nice. Very nice. And we also have a Discord group, man. Shouts out to everybody there. Uh, Big Money Matt Paz, Billy Delgado, Nahan, Parker McDaniels, Brianna Flores, JV Ortiz, Rick Esparza, and Clipper Pablo. What is he doing on there? Who let him in there? Yeah. We just let anybody in there, don't we? Not everybody. Accounts. <laughs> it's an exclusive <laughs> VIP group. You could only get in there with a Discord group link. That's in our show notes. And also, do you love coffee? I don't know. Do you like coffee? Alex? Dude, I freaking love coffee. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's so good. It gets you going in the morning. For sure. It's really good. And we got a coffee that we want you guys to check out. And that is Sailor's Brews Coffee. Sailor's Brews Coffee, man, they are a supporter of the show, man. And I would say that's definitely a place where motivation meets coffee, man. It's Ooh. a local roastery here in Pasadena, California. They're focused on single origin Ethiopian coffees and luxury coffees such as Jamaican Blue Mountain. You know, they stand for positive motivation and okay. are advocates for appreciating and experiencing coffee for how it's meant to be with no additives. This allows you to taste the coffee for what it is without outside or artificial influence. Our listeners get 10% off their first order using our code WBS10. That's WBS10 as in West Box Score and the number 10. Um, we also have an affiliate link, which will also be in our show notes. If you click the link, um, you can put the code. You get 10% off your first order. The affiliate link helps us out. It helps the show out. So please check it out and get you a bag of some quality caffeine. Nice. That's the way coffee is meant to be brewed. So definitely pick up some Sailor Brew coffee. The one, the roast that I would recommend, I think was a uh, seasonal one. It's Mariner's Compass. That's mm. what that one's light roast hits you smooth, bold, tasty, not too overwhelming, but has a lot more caffeine. Uh, little uh, side note there. Pro uh. tip, pro tip from a real coffee drinker who loves that light roast. Get you more caffeine, get you going. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our uh, media partners, Blue Wire Hustle. They're on Twitter at Blue Wire Hustle. If you're looking to start up a little pod, be sure to hit them up on Twitter. They'll help you out, get you going in the right direction. But if you're in the mood now to listen to a podcast, then guess what? It's time to get started with today's show. Yo, D-Bot, what's up, my man? Yo, what's going on, Alex? How you been, brother? I've been good, man. Just, you know, spending some good time out with friends, out summertime, summer vibing as we are. You know what it is, D-Bot. heat wave, bro. Dude, seriously, right? And um, since we are in the midst of summer and things are heating up outside, 
Things have been heating up in the world of soccer, man. They have been entertaining, right? This Copa America, Euro Cup, and now Copa Oro is about to get started, man. Where do we begin today? We have to begin, right, with... (laughs) With Copa America, right? Let's let's try to dissect this thing because there's a lot, lot of soccer to talk about here, dude. Right? Yeah. And I wish we had our, our man uh, Sunny Amano here, our other soccer head, who tell could tell us that's not how soccer works. Yeah. Shout out to Sunny Amano, <laughs> dude. Uh, but so Dibon here, uh, Dibon here, and I will uh, try to break it down for you somewhat. So Copa America, man, big final, right? Mm-hmm. Argentina Brazil going right, right to the jugular because it yeah. was it was an entertaining Copa. But before we get to the final that was, what was your takeaway going into this final? What were what were your thoughts of the tournament as a whole, like the way it was presented? Um, I mean, and obviously this this tournament going into it, uh, I think a lot of people were looking forward to it because it was a sign, another sign from us as a as a society of things going back to normal. So yeah. obviously, I think Argentina, I believe, was the original host. Mm-hmm. Country. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and then there was a lot of controversy as to who was going to be the host because Argentina couldn't host it anymore um, because of a lot of COVID outbreaks, and then uh, they decided to go with Brazil as the next host country. Um, and then obviously Brazil also had some issues with COVID outbreaks, so they decided to just hold the tournament. And I mean, I was surprised to see that there were no fans because. Yeah. Uh, right now in the U.S., we're seeing fans everywhere. Uh, yep. Most every sport you can think of, you're allowed to buy a ticket and attend it. So it was a little strange watching the Copa America play throughout with no fans. It just felt like March, you know, like not even March 2020, but it just felt like the MLS is back yeah. tournament all over again. Yeah, yeah, in the bubble, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it just felt like a whole bubble thing. Um, so that that was a little interesting, but I mean, overall. I think that the final delivered, I felt that, you know, even the final leading up to it, like the semis and stuff, obviously, you know how it is with these tournaments. We're like, it comes to the knockout stage. Like, we just want to see who gets eliminated. We want to see, like, you know, again, this is where you wish you had the fans there because you see the fans get all nervous and you see them getting all, like, sweaty. So, yeah, man. But, yeah, overall, I thought the tournament was cool to have. It was cool to see. Um, obviously Messi was the story coming out of it, right. you know. And it's so funny as you say that, that we don't, uh, the knockout stage is really where it's at. It's kind of like the United States gets, you know, crapped on always because, oh, you guys have a playoff system. What's the, what you have a whole regular season. Why would you have a playoff system? Like that's what these tournaments, that's what all these big cup tournaments are exciting. They yeah. have cool group stages that are, are condensed mini seasons. But then when you actually get, to the not quarterfinals, the knockout stages, that's where everybody gets super into it. I'm like, that's the playoffs. <laughs> you're, you're emulating a playoff system. And yeah. you give us all this crap for having the playoffs in the MLS and, and what have you. Yeah. And, the, and in other sports that we have here in the United States. It's like, but yet you guys do the same thing. So, but to your point, yes, the quarterfinals, knockout stages really were got exciting. And man, the, the, all of them ex- uh, were exciting. You had two of them going into PKs, yeah. and that's the, that was a cool thing about the knockout stages in Copa America, right? Yeah, extra no extra times, no. straight to PKs. Yeah, straight shootouts. Go for that's it. That's the way it know? should be, man. The shootout, the OK Corral, like very Wild Wild West style. Yeah, and it is cool to see that, obviously, and then obviously everybody rooting. It was just interesting to see how dominant we know Brazil is a dominant team. But yeah. when they're in their home country, even more so dominant. I believe the stat was something they hadn't lost 
uh, a Copa America in Brazil in what uh, uh, some odd years. I, I can't even remember. I it was, it was like crazy. over seventy or something like that. Amazing statistic, dude. An amazing. So you you going into this final Argentina versus Brazil? You just it just had all the makings of okay, it's going to be another Brazil win somehow. But everybody yeah. is kind of pulling for Messi to finally get that big cup, right? Yeah. Get the big trophy on the on the on the country level, right? So. What was uh you, what was your feeling going into that final though? Um, I mean, I was I was hoping Argentina would really pull it out because of just all the implications that you mentioned. Messi finally being able to get that monkey off his back. You know, mm-hmm. I remember even when uh, Diego Maradona, rest in peace, uh, mm-hmm. was alive. He was very critical of. I, I want to see. I mean, maybe he was critical of Messi in private. We don't know, but <laughs> for sure in public, he was critical of the national team. And was yeah. getting really bothered, especially when they got, uh, you know, with the result at Russia and everything. He, you know, because the way Maradona saw it was like, I was able to deliver. You guys should be able to deliver. Like, you know, obviously Messi is touted as the best player. and um, The Maradona of uh, our time, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And I think for the most part, it's like, yeah, he's he's really the best for for the Barcelona squad. But, you know, he hasn't really proven it in Argentina. So for as much as you want to say it. The fact of the matter is, is you got to win it. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. And I think for the most part, I know that it's kind of crazy to see that stat of Brazil not winning it. Or like like all of a sudden now there's like a broken record now that they lost it. But I kind of yeah. thought about it after a while. And I was like, man, in a weird way, the host team won it because this was supposed to take place <laughs> in Argentina. So yeah. it was kind of interesting. But I don't know, man. I think going into it, um, I it felt like the game could have been either team honestly it could have been either Uh-oh. team but i was hoping argentina would pull it out uh, Deepot already putting the asterisks on this that the home team finally did win, find a way to win it here but like <laughs> but to counter that it's like no, there's no well if brazil would have kept their streak alive they would have been happy with it because if you look yeah. at it now the streak is broken yeah. so you have to look at it that, yeah it happened in brazil and an amazing win on on the road still on the road right it's not even technical it's like this is the way it was this is the way it played out, whether yeah. it be because of COVID and, and, and all the things that are going on there in, in South America. So with COVID so raging down there. So you have to to to, to give them it. You have to give them it. I mean, yeah. but that's why I was amazed to see, as we were talking about, the entire tournament was played in a bubble until they got to the final. And then there were some fans there. So it's like, are these like legit regular fans who were able to make the trek where they were they they weren't family i don't think they were friends of the players like family and friends of the players i think no. these were actual fans right yeah and it's kind of funny because even the way they placed them they placed them in that back corner that's away from the camera so it's like you couldn't really see them unless like a goal goal scored or something was happening in that corner of the of the game you weren't really like i mean again i think you know we, we saw this game together yeah um and it was interesting because it just felt like even in the beginning we were asking uh, Clipper Paulo was with us and we were like, is that is the crowd noise piped in even for a <laughs> final? Like at this point, we kind of know that there's no fans, right? Why why would you pipe in crowd noise? Just just play the game, you know? Yeah. Um, and no, like you saw glimpses of fans there, especially when the goal was scored and you're like, oh, wow. And you see all these um, Argentinian fans. And you see them wearing not only their national team jerseys, but they're wearing like their their local club jerseys. I saw some Boca Junior jerseys, some River Plate yeah. jerseys, and you're just like, wait a minute! Like they allowed like people to come in the stadium. 
Right, That's crazy. Yeah. It didn't look like people were wearing their mask either. So it was insane. Yeah. I wonder what the really what the rules were um, at the You end. must have had to sign some crazy waiver that when you catch coronavirus, yeah. you will not you will not sue us or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. From being right. held to hold us liable whatsoever. And yeah, I when I remember you saying that during the during our hang. And I remember thinking, well, it's Fox, so I'm sure they're piping in all the crowd noise. <laughs> and when I saw the fans from that angle, I'm like, oh, that must be the CGI fans that they put oh, that's right. on they some of the games, right? Baseball. Yeah, it's yeah. like, there's no way there's really fans there. And it's like, well, wow, there is. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, that's crazy. Oh, the only thing I could think of is what if that was the vaccinated section? That right? That's I mean, but, but then I, I don't think know vaccines how, are vaccines are hard to come by down that's, in South America. I was America. gonna just say that right now. I don't know how it is. I know in third world countries it's not as easily as it is here. Like here we have the option to complain that we don't want it. Over there, I think they would love to have it because there's not so many, you know. That's not crazy. Yeah, you have a bunch of people denying vaccines when people see that as other people in other countries see that as the as the life that they need, like a second chance at, at freedom or, yeah. or, or to, as to take their health into their own hands for once. Yeah, right? exactly. It's so, it's so odd, man. It's so odd how fortunate we are here to live in the United States for that reason and just try to <laughs> take care of yourselves, man, for sure. Um, so that game, one nothing. Messi finally does it. Yeah. It's so amazing to see it happen uh, live and in person or on Fox <laughs> as we all did together. Yeah. And it just, it really feels historic, right? Like the, what does this mean now for Messi's legacy in your opinion? Um, I mean, I think he finally won a title for the national team. And uh, I think, you know, I think this might be the closest thing unless uh, a new generation steps up under that while he's still there. Um. I think this will be as close as it'll get for him in terms of a mm. title for the national team, um, right. and 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 I, I and then by that I mean the World Cup. Like I right, don't, I don't right. think the World Cup is really in their grasp, um, given that like the team was pretty good to take out, you know, to beat Brazil. Um, but man, I know we're gonna get to the Euro soon, but the Euros yeah, look yeah, like yeah. a different animal when it, when you talk about those squads. And I think yeah. I think Argentina. Um, same with Brazil, you know, like there, there's a bit of that transition where some of those guys are a little too old, you know, to be there. And uh, I think they're good around their own regions, but I think worldwide, it's a different, it's a different story. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's, that's very true. Co in comparing these cups that are going on right now, Copa America, the Euro cup, and now the uh, gold cup that just got started. It's three different levels, three different stages of skill. And, one is very glaring. The other two, maybe not a little bit closer. The styles are obviously different between uh, the South American play and the European play. But when you look at the North American play, it's very yeah. stark, stark difference, which we'll get to in a little <laughs> bit. So congratulations to Messi the GOAT. Give him props. Yep. He's finally come through for his country. That's Argentina awesome, stand up. Uh, good for you guys, man. Uh, congratulations to Messi and the whole country of Argentina. So moving on now to the Euro 2021, 2020, <laughs> uh, exciting matchup to see all, all these teams on display, all these European countries, just, just getting after it. And the way they're grouped that I, well, first off that no, that I realized as a newer soccer fan that there's only what four groups in, for Copa America, right? Yeah. There's a, uh, uh, the no sorry. There's only, there was only two groups 
for Copa America. Uh, but they, it's, there were six groups for the Euro Cup. So yeah. right away, that just shows you that it's a bigger playing field and how much bigger and how many countries are in, in Europe that are just skilled in yeah. soccer. So it's, um, and obviously, I, and I thought too, I would have loved to have a, a, a Sonny on to ask him this. Is that normal to only have two groups in the Copa America? I, I, I actually I don't know so. the answer to that. I, so, okay. So it's only two groups. It just shows you the level of competition in Europe. Hands in a, uh, you know, could do, it could be its own World Cup at some point. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing to, to say how really Europe uh, is the home mm. of soccer. Yeah. So, and I think it's all because it's would, a bigger you, region, you know, um, mm-hmm. similar to the CONCACAF. If you think about it, like we have to include the Caribbean teams onto the oh, CONCACAF. Okay. And sometimes you get these little islands that you never heard of, but somehow they right, qualified right. and you're like, huh, they're in the U.S. group. That's interesting. I didn't even know their country was a, a country. But <laughs> yeah, I think in the Euros, it's the same thing. There's like certain countries that were in the early stages of it where I was like, oh, I didn't know that was like, a, I didn't know they were, were, I didn't know they were there and I didn't know that they were part of the UEFA. I, I thought <laughs> the, I thought they were in a different thing, but yeah. Right? Are that more? I feel like that was more Asia. That was like right, way Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I know the way D, but I was setting this up for the the uh, Euros is the home of soccer. It's coming home. That's, that that's that's where I was going for to throw some salt in the wound Uh-oh. of Pangland. Yeah, <laughs> is what they're called. Is what, what I saw. What on are Twitter your thoughts about. on the it's coming home? Oh, uh, I have slogan. some thoughts about England uh, and it's coming home. I don't like it. It feels very. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm hypersensitive to the age of Trump now and nationalism that <laughs> whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, that's a bit, that's borderline racist, dude. Why, what do you mean it's coming home? You guys don't own football. Football's for the entire world. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, once again, I think I'm just being hypersensitive to it, but I just thought it was corny and cheesy at the yeah. end of the day too. Like it's not coming home. It's soccer's not yours. It's for the world. Yeah. So get out of here with that. I hope you lose. And so when they were in the final, I was rooting very heavily for Italy. <laughs> and we'll get into that game as a whole, why I was conflicted at some points. But going into that final, what did you, what did you think of that Euro as like a whole, the tournament, the way it was played? Um, I thought that it was, uh, the final in itself was pretty amazing to watch. Um, comparing, okay, so like Brazil-Argentina was very physical in terms of like that way, that felt like a rivalry. I mean, I forgot right. which player from Argentina had a bloodied like leg where the sock was all red and mm-hmm. they were just really tackling each other. The refs were really calling things because I think they realized like, oh, wow, these guys want to like kill each other. Let's let them <laughs> do it. It makes it more exciting. Um, and then like in this Euro final, obviously Italy and England, I don't think have that kind of beef. But, um, man, you got to see two styles go at each other that you could tell, like, it definitely was a lot cleaner to look at. Like, you, you know, the passing, the, the, the playmaking, everything was just a little bit different. Um, no one, I think maybe towards the end is where I started getting a little bit, like, a little bit testy and a little bit rough, you know, because I think both teams were trying to figure out how to score to the other team. So that way they could just kind of finish them off and, and yeah. end this and end the game. And they never get our. They, they never did. And I think the England goal by uh, Luke Shaw. Uh, it happened in the second minute, which is really yeah. early. Um, I just feel like if you don't score, that's like out a, to United. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like if you don't score another one or like you know by halftime, then one zero just becomes like a trap lead. You know what I mean at halftime. Yeah. So yeah, it's tr- the trap lead. Yeah, it's very true. I think you pointed out in our group chat that 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 when you score early, it's a real. 
detriment uh, to your team and to your, you know, it's just kind of like you say, a trap. So, um, yeah, uh, I, overall, I thought this Euro tournament, though, uh, before we get into the like dissecting more of the final, it's just a, a showcase of all these skilled clubs. And early on, the way it was uh, set up with the um, uh, with tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. The Denmark player that uh, went down Christian early Erickson. on, Eriksson. So yes, Eriksson, and just that's. I mean, that was like what two on day two or day one of the yeah, tournament. Yeah, I was like the say day after. Was. The the because the first game was Italy versus. I forgot who they played, but they played Italy versus some other team, and Italy yeah. really showed out. And then you're like, "Oh wow, maybe Italy is a team," you know? But yeah, there was, <laughs> the whole, it was the second day when Denmark played. Yeah, and yeah, and that was very like, and that you know, I remember hearing about it first in our group chat, and like, "Oh, that's right, the Euros finally got underway," and like, "Oh wow, it's gotten off on such a bummer." Like it's such a you know scary scene out there on the pitch. Yeah. So like you just watch the rest of the you know matched. Uh, group stages play out and then once again once we get into rounds of 16s do we really get invested as football fans and just yeah seeing um some upsets early on right like minor upsets but when you see belgium go over portugal you kind of like oh wow ronaldo's out yeah like, right like belgium's no sleeper i mean no uh, uh um no easy win whatsoever no but no. it's just like but you expect the star players to kind of go through somehow yeah especially because uh even i mean obviously ronaldo's like you know up there he's like god level but then you got mm-hmm. like you know all these other guys that Portugal has that are pretty pretty good too, right? Including your boy Bruno Fernandes. You That's know? right, the Portuguese goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just totally discount the Ronaldo we were just talking about. Yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, but you know, um, Belgium at the same time too. I forgot that Belgium had like some guys like Lukaku and the mm-hmm. the Hazard brothers, you know, Eden and and Thorgan. And you're like, oh damn, that's right, like. All of these players that we kind of know in the big clubs that they play for mm-hmm. locally, you're like, oh, wow, they're from these countries, um, which is and Kevin De Bruyne, dude. Hmm? And De Bruyne is also. Oh, that's uh, right. And that De Bruyne, too. Yeah. That's right. See, so that there's like a lot. There's a lot you can pick at. That's the only thing with the Copa America. You couldn't do that. Like, I think, you know, Sanchez and all these guys, some of the Chile players and all that, mm-hmm. like they're guys that are kind of already past their prime. So it just felt mm-hmm. like watching a bunch of guys in their, you know, past their prime try to do the tournament and then in the euros it was different you saw like the guys that are in their prime a little guys that are a little younger and then you got those like ronaldo who are there to you know and then of course you had the instant classic between france and switzerland yeah that just was an unbelievable freaking match man you saw that entire one what were some of the where that one went back and forth ended up being tied 3-3 yeah (laughs) it did and um man that was that was crazy especially because you know france it's france it's it's I think they were the favorites to win this whole thing yeah. from the beginning because of how deep their roster is. Like almost their whole starting lineup plays for like a premier, uh, not a premier league team. They play for a champions league type of mm-hmm. team. So it just felt like, oh, this team could is going to steamroll, you know, a lot of these guys. So um, you kind of expected it to be that. And yeah, it was tied 3-3. They went to penalties and they were making every single one up until the last one, which was a bummer because the guy who missed it, was arguably probably their best player, and that was mm-hmm. you know Kylian Mbappe. And mm-hmm. once he did that, once he missed it, it was like whoa, that was that was kind of like it was almost unreal that it happened. Like it was like is this like the Twilight Zone? Like everyone made it except Mbappe, so um, it was in, it was insane. But props to Switzerland, man. They 
they showed out, man. And I think that was that was great to see that. Yeah, really amazing uh, Euros going into just like going through the, the knockout rounds and just what did you make of England beating Germany, though, in that round of 16? Like that was that was more of an upset than anything else, too, in those round of 16s. Right? Yeah, it was because Germany is always in it. You know, they. Germany always, for some reason, you know, um, they're they're supposed to be in it. Given that they won, I mean, they won the world the World Cup like a like maybe one or two. I forgot which one they won. They won like two two yeah, World t- Cups. Uh, twenty fourteen, yeah, twenty fourteen. And then like you thought like okay, and then you see Bayern win the prim- the the I keep calling it the Premier League. It's not the Premier League. It's the Champions League. <laughs> Champions League, yeah. Um, they just won it, and it always feels like well, Germany just happens to have these players that like you know, are not the most famous players. Like, they're not out there doing a bunch of marketing and endorsements and stuff. But they, when it comes to playing on the pitch, they, like, they really do their job. And, mm-hmm. and Germany's supposed to be, like, another powerhouse for Europe. Um, but, uh, yeah, England coming in, obviously, the, the, there was something about this English squad from, the, from, from, like, into the knockout stage where it felt like, oh, shoot, like, I think it felt like they believed in themselves, you know? They really believed in themselves a lot. And... Um, you look at the the players that England has, like you know, like Sterling and Kane and Maguire and Pickford mm-hmm. as their goalkeeper, and you're just like, man, like these are all players people know. Like these are all players yeah. like that, like you know, people buy jerseys of in those local clubs. <laughs> so, um, man, it was insane. But yeah, it was good to see that, like you know, England did that. It was definitely surprising to see Germany right. look like that. But man, I don't know what's going on with Germany. Maybe they're going through a transition too. You know. They they must be because I didn't see Ter Stegen wasn't in the lineup uh, to, for yeah. keep, keeping I think, for them. So I think Germany's definitely one of the more older teams now. I don't I can't think of a German player that's young and upcoming and really exciting outside. I, I really can't think of anybody, but I can name you some some of the guys from England like J- Jaden Sancho, you know, right. Raheem Sterling. Like you know, it's just there's guys that you could tell there's a difference. Like there's like a like a turning, you know, of of the guard. And all that, so yeah, just just amazing uh, to go the, the way they went uh, through. Uh, it, it very it seemed very Cinderella esque for Germany, so that's why the whole "it's coming home" thing, I guess, was funny until until it wasn't funny until, where they yeah. actually made it to the final. Yeah. So I'm like, oh wait, no, no, I really don't want it to, <laughs> to yeah. go there. So, and I think uh, you said you've heard uh, certain uh, journalists in England, right, say as much. Yeah, it wasn't meant. I, 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 so the lead, the athletics podcast, the lead did do a, a episode about this song. It's called uh, I forgot the name of the song called. It's not called "It's Coming Home," but apparently in the hook, there's a mm-hmm. line where the guy says it's coming home, and that's what became the slogan that all the English people took. And for the most part, like that, that's what they kept using as a slogan, even though the song, it's supposed to be like the song's kind of self-deprecating, if anything, but. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I think English people really felt like, well, let's just take that line. It's coming home. According to this guy from The Athletic, who happens to be British, he says mm-hmm. that, like, it's supposed to be like a joke, like a meme, like we're memeing ourselves. So, yeah, we say it's coming home, but you shouldn't feel that offended because we don't really believe it's coming home. We're just we just like to say it as like when you're trying to be funny, you know, but like uh, like to make yourself feel better about it or something, which I don't know. I think that's that- up for interpretation. I think so, man. As sports fans, I think we could always kind of. Uh, I think the closest thing we could probably see it or get close to it as as Dodgers fans, right? Wait till next year. Wait yeah. till next year, right? That was always kind of our tagline, right? And we always meant it as a as a joke, right? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. Yeah, we don't really think we're going to win it next year until we actually did. And then I don't think anybody ever really referenced it. I never saw any Dodger gear that said, this is next year. Because yeah. that would have been the the thing to market, yeah, right? That's true. But um, so I don't know. I just I just don't buy it. I I feel there's a, there's a hint of arrogance there, and I don't think you would say that unless you're already either. Definitely the wait till next year wasn't being used in the playoffs, right? No. So no. like and I think I think yeah, because I think for the most part, like Dodger fans were just at this point. I think I know for sure a lot of Dodger fans were like, well, I probably just won't watch the Dodgers period if they don't win it. In this, in this, mm. the the last World Series because it's already yeah. been like too many times to see them lose it out. Like I don't even yeah. want to watch them anymore and stuff. And and then they did it. Mm. So I don't know. I think that's what people were more focused on. On the whole, like okay. I'm gonna watch them. I'm not gonna say anything. But if they lose, I'm not gonna watch them next season at all. I'm just gonna just not even. I'm just gonna give up on the period. Why? Why hope <laughs> that they're gonna do it when they're never gonna do it? And I think that's why over it overtook the whole idea of like, oh, let's use this like funny slogan type of thing. Um, right. hmm. at least that's the feedback I was getting from a lot of people that I talked to was like, at this point, they're like, oh, are you excited they're in the World Series? Yeah, but they better win it, man. I mean, it's but, not like, uh, you know, it kind of felt weird. Like, it was very, like, yeah. lukewarm. Like, this lukewarm feeling of like, yeah, we're in the World Series again. Like, let's see. Like, you know, and I think that, um, you know, people buying the hats and all that, and, and, and it felt weird. And I think that's why it, people couldn't make a meme out of it anymore for themselves to yeah. make themselves feel I, I wonder if this is what philadelphia had to go through when with the basketball team with the process you know uh-huh. trust the process remember in the beginning and then yeah, they yeah, trust yeah, the yeah. process and then it became kind of a meme right and now it's right. no longer a meme because they lost again and it's like do you still want to talk about trusting the process and then now get pissed because now it's like it's gone over too much to the point where it's annoying to them even though they thought mm. that it was funny to say it at the beginning hmm Interesting. This is gonna be interesting to see if they try to use that's coming home again, yeah. like in the knockout stages yeah. and all that kind of stuff next time because it kind of seemed funny and fitting for this because they really thought they had a chance. <laughs> the after, especially, I don't remember them even saying this until uh, after they beat uh, Germany. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's where they started to be- to hashtag believe, right? Yeah, like yeah. they didn't start this into the in, during the group stage. Not that I remember. No, or maybe it was no, out there in the small rumblings. But one of the English fans I saw on Twitter was hilarious. He's like, it's still coming home. We just didn't say when. <laughs> the Royal Post is notorious for being late, but we have a new estimated day delivery 2022. Oh, shoot. That's crazy, so, dude. So it seems like they're going to try to double down on it. Yeah. All right? It seems like, yeah. which I can respect the hell out of yeah. You're going to try to double down on it, whatever. If you use it from the beginning, maybe I'll be less irked by by your douchiness on it yeah. because it just had a bit of a, a pompousness yeah it to did it, right it, it just did. it did so. and i think it's crazy what did you think of the that that so-called penalty on the denmark uh, england yeah. game right uh, a lot yeah, of people feel like denmark got screwed on that <laughs> i think so too and not, not and okay on the penalty yes and also i think as we mentioned the penalty kick itself being stopped Oh, and that's then right. being uh, scored on the rebound. Yeah, and which I get, Sonny. That's how soccer works. But it just feels it just has a, a an unfairness to it. No, it does. Now this is me saying this as somebody who was rooting against England in that yeah. semifinal. So maybe had this been like Chicha in in a playoff game against of you know LAFC. Taking the PK, it's like, well, it's a live ball. The ball's still on. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like it would be a good universal rule going forward to just say like PKs 
once the keeper has stopped it, then the, the, it's a dead ball, right? I yeah, think you said as much too, pick. right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I know that's not the rule, but I feel that's more fair because that's not cool, dude. Like in basketball, when you shoot the free throw, if you miss it because you're the farthest player behind the line, like in terms of the free throw play, shoot, you don't the opportunity of you getting the rebound and putting it back in is a lot harder than the than your teammates who are right there to the basket ready to get mm-hmm. your rebound. So then it feels like there's a 50-50 chance that your teammate might be able to rebound it and put it back in or the other team grabs it and now they have possession. And it feels very 50-50. Whereas in this one, it felt like I didn't like that. I didn't like that Harry Kane misses it and he's the first one there. Like they should at least right. let a defender be at, like at the pole or close to the pole to rush in in case something like that were to happen so that they could clear the mm. ball. Like kind of make it 50-50, man. Like it just doesn't feel like it's fair. Again, that's just me, wa- and that's just because of what I just what, what happened. So yeah, because of our right, and it's be, be. But I think were you also rooting against England in this match? Yeah, I felt okay. like I felt like <laughs> we're Denmark, both more biased. I felt though. like that's Denmark what- put up such a good fight that they definitely yeah. deserve to um, at least go all the way into like the extra time and PKs and all that. You know? I agree. I agree. And and I like where your head's at about like the free throw. I I see PKs happening now. Where I want the players all next aligned around the row, like like a free kick. Yeah, uh, inside the inside going into the penalty area. Yeah. So I want them lined up, one alternating team, alternating players, you know, from each team, just all along the uh, the 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 goalpost. Yeah, just going out toward the kicker, you know, off to the side though as he kicks it. So okay, it is going to be a live ball. Yeah, but everybody's here. So in case it gets, unless it gets shanked out, yeah. If that ball ricochets out, it's a free ball, and you you better hope your defender gets to it first. Yep. I like it, Diva. Let's That's go. Awesome. We're on to something here. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then more Americans so, will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Americanized soccer. What's next? They're gonna have a running penalty kick. Yeah. MLS '96. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh man! But so of course this match is is. Uh, this final delivers, right? Italy versus England. Yeah. Like you said, Shaw scored two minutes in. England thinks they're taking it. Uh, halftime happens. And of course, the dreaded halftime uh, always kills momentum of the team leading, seems like, because the uh, losing team finds a way to make adjustments if they're good. And uh, Italy ties it. 67th minute, man. Um, I wasn't expecting Italy to do to even tie it, man, because they just looked all England all the time in this game. Mm-hmm. So it was really impressive to see how good England played on you know, in Wembley. All that crowd support behind them, Italy. You would have thought were were the devil incarnated themselves because they were just getting booed relent mercifully, yeah. and on just everything England did cheered every time the uh, a shot went over the net. You'd hear that like uh, that sarcastic cheer. So it was just yeah. so so funny to watch as a as a neutral, right? Because if England would have won, cool, it's home, the cup's home, whatever. I really don't care. But so as neutral as I could be, right? Rooting against them somewhat. Um, and we're just impressive to watch. And then the extra time happens. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing at the end of extra time that I found the most funny are were the attempted late subs for uh, Sancho and Rashford oh, with yeah. like a minute to go. And like, are they going to get these subs in on time? Yeah. That was what you see. And they're only brought in to, to sub to... Um, for the PKs, right? Yeah. And I love the way they had Rashford playing right back. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's dang. a midfielder. This is a, this I is setting you up for failure. That part. Oh, yeah. I, I, I caught already, all those little things. Yeah, my head was just like, oh, they're going to go to PK soon. Like, let's just, let's just 
blow right because there's like a, less than a minute to go right yeah everybody's like that but like you're not there yet though you're not there no, yet and not. anything can happen anything can happen and sure enough you know they do go to pks and an impressive round of pks just impressive to see the goalies coming through the shots you know going just being overthought, right? When Rashford came up, man, he came in in a vital spot. And that's my boy from Manchester United. You know I'm rooting for him, but I also was hoping that England would lose. When he came up was the only time I'm like, all right, I, I, I need you to I need you to bury this one, Rashford. Come on. And when he hit the post the way he did, it's like you overthought that shot and you got bit. It's like he... Um, He's as clutch as it can be sometimes with United. He's, you know, I've watched him a lot, especially when he gets clean breaks. He will be goaltenders one-on-one. So it's just on that PK, I just knew he he could do it. But when I saw him not do it, I felt such heartbreak for him. Yeah, man. man. Such heartbreak for him. That was tough. That's how I felt with Sancho too. You know, him being a Dortmund dude, I was like, and you know what? I felt like he was gonna make it. I really felt like, oh, you got this, dude. You're so you're so good at, at at this stuff. Like in terms of like, you have this swagger about you when when you were at Dortmund, especially not not last season. He was kind of like he was okay. I think he already was checked out, you know, from the club. But definitely the yeah, season one before. foot out the door. Yeah, so it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, yeah, he he got it. But then when he missed it, I was like, oh man, I feel bad for you now, dude. Like I feel like um, like I could see this is gonna be tough for you because this is your country and stuff and 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 mm-hmm. you're and you're about to make the move to live there and stuff like you felt like this would have been a great kind of like welcome you know kind of like welcome to england moment for you welcome home you know what i mean welcome <laughs> home moment for sure <laughs> and uh and then yeah I was, I was i was feeling it for sancho for sure um on that one yeah but uh big ups to the italian goalkeeper man he uh he really won that game yeah, with big saves did. Uh, Duna, Duna, Duna Rama, I believe is how you pronounce uh, his uh, name. He's uh, but the new PSG goal t- goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he w- had ice in his veins, man. Yep. Big stops. I mean, as much as we are, you know, saying that you know Sancho blew it, Rashford blew it, man. You got to give props uh, to the Italian goalkeeper for this, man, because he yeah. he won them the cup. He when he gets to PKs, man, you obviously have to have ice in your veins on both sides. Yeah. Of it. For sure, and it's it's amazing to watch. And if there's one it's thing amazing. I learned over the weekend playing FIFA 21 is that PSG <laughs> is probably the highest rated team on that thing. That's right. Congrats to uh, Italy for winning uh, the Euro Cup 2020, and congrats to Clipper Pablo for winning the Copa de FIFA 2021. He beat myself. He beat Dbot. He beat uh, Rick Esparza from the Lucha Royale podcast that we do. He beat uh, Sonny Mano, of course. He, who else? he he beat Sonny Mano in the final, the final, and then of course, uh, big big shouts out to Rich Garcia, uh, LAFC's own Rich Garcia. We're gonna big, have him uh, soon on the LAFC pod. guy, yeah, soon. Friend of the pod, soon to be on the pod. Yeah. Rich Garcia, and uh, yeah, so Sonny Mano in the final against Clipper Pablo, but Clipper Pablo back to back, yeah, Copa de FIFA champion, Jeez. man. All with all with Barca, Barca by too. the way. Like he has his own thing. He has it down. I'm like, come on. I, I in one of my group stage matches against him, we did Peru versus Mexico, and he was able to take that one. Oh wow! Uh, in, in a in a close three three two match, a three two final. 
But uh, that's a whole other debate between me and Clipper Pablo because the Gold Cup going on and the Copa America just ending, where I said Mexico would be able to beat Peru in a in, in any of these uh, tournament matches, but obviously we may never happen. Yeah. So um, he's like, "There's no way Peru is losing to Mexico." That's those were his words. Mm. Peru that's is true. head and shoulders above Mexico, and like that's how can you say that? Yeah. How can you possibly say that? like I just did? So yeah. he's Clipper Pablo being Clipper Pablo there is antagonizing. And I'm sure he's got some valid points. We got to get him on the cast one day to make those points yeah. between Peru versus Mexico. So yeah. uh, once again, big, sh- big congratulations to Italy. And before we go, we got to talk about what is going on right now, which just got started, which is the Gold Cup. The North American side of soccer. After two great, two, two great tournaments, we get the Gold Cup now here in North America. And uh, it's really always, and Clipper Pablo was a great, made a great point. It's pretty much a, a big tournament to see who uh, eventually getting the USA Mexico final. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sure it is. It is. But uh, this year, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it was a rough opening match, uh, Mexico versus Trinidad and Tobago. And the reason for that is because of what happened to Chucky Lozano uh, early on, I believe 10 minutes in, yeah. uh, not even 10 minutes into the match. Uh, goes into, um, or sorry, it was 18 minutes into the match and um, just colliding headfirst with uh, the goalkeeper's legs and the next, and Lozano's uh, uh, neck snapping back, mm-hmm. obviously, and knocked out on the pitch. Uh, he's concussed. He's um, fine now, though. He's sent a message out to uh, Mexico fans saying that he's going to get better, that he's going to fight as hard as he can. He thanks for everyone for all their love and support. So, uh, like I said, prayers to Chucky Lozano Mm -hmm. that he uh, gets a full, clean bill of health and recovers 100%. Uh, Obviously, though, going to be out for the rest of this Gold Cup without question. Um, So, in the 18th minute, off the injury, substitution happens. Mm -hmm. And who comes on for Chucky? Efrain Efrain Alvarez. Can you believe it? Little Efra. Yeah. Galaxy zone, man. <laughs> and uh, so he gave that spark of offense that Mexico needed, right? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, zero, zero draw Mexico versus uh, Trinidad and Tobago. So now as we look at group A, because yeah. that's the group Mexico's in with uh, uh, El Salvador yeah. and Guatemala. El Salvador took yes. out Guatemala 2-0, bro. Yeah. So... Is this El Salvador's cup to win, Donald? I don't think so, but I'm hoping it's their group to win. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, oh, man. I, I saw the highlights for the Salvador game. It was cool seeing them make the two goals. And I was like, oh, nice. Take it to Guatemala. Um, that was nice. awesome. I love that. <laughs> that is, it's cool, man. That, and that's um, and now it's like, is it is it really anybody's tournament now? A really, really depleted Mexico team. Um offensively at least for sure but i mean i uh, that's where i choked and like sign a call of chicha yeah <laughs> i mean uh, like i don't know if they allow for something to come on even on like this but i doubt it but it's just a funny thought to think yeah. of right but, but like you said I mean, you know shout out to the t- italian goalkeeper shout out to that trinidad and tobacco goalkeeper because he definitely was putting like saving them so much that he even started mm-hmm. to like kind of limp a little bit and stuff like it was like dang like he was getting worn out yeah, Marvin Phillip, Trinidad and Tobago goalkeeper. So, yeah, shout out to him. Keeping a point for Trinidad and Tobago. So, early shots on, still. So, oh, wow. Really? Yeah, Mexico, 30 shots and four shots by Trinidad. 
Jesus Christ. That's why they were celebrating the locker room like a win. Like, how can you not? It did feel like that, right? I thought that so, too, when the game ended. I was like, oh, wow, this totally feels like a win for Trinidad. But it's insane, man. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's Trinidad's group to win. (laughs) True, you got to look. I mean, seriously, man. I don't know. You never know. If there's anything I learned from from the Euros and from the Copa Americas, it's just anything can happen. Exactly. Right? These tournaments, you never know. If there's anything I know from Copa de Fifa where Pablo wins twice, anything can happen. (laughs) Anything can freaking happen in soccer, and that's why we watch it. It's awesome. So, honestly, early on. And also, um, USA is in Group B. USA took care of business against Haiti. Um, how about our boy Sebastian Leggett, the boy mm-hmm. rocking the captain's armband for for Team yeah, USA? Yeah, that was cool. I like that. You know, I mean, he's definitely do. I think obviously he plays him to both the B squad and the A squad. So if there's anybody that's gonna be like the best player, quote unquote, of the B squad, it would be probably him most likely. Um, but yeah, it was cool seeing him do that. I mean, again. You know these are these are products of the of the LA Galaxy, so you know. So we shout them out for sure. And without leaving out LAFC, I have to double check, but I heard yes, uh, no, that is not true. I thought uh, K scored for Canada. I could have sworn I saw that on Twitter. Double checking right now. Canada did take care of business against Mart- uh, Martinique. Yeah, again, one <laughs> of those Caribbean countries you don't, you know, you didn't realize, oh, wow, they're part of the CONCACAF. Right, but uh, no, I believe K- Mark Anthony K was in the lineup. Yes, he was. Yeah, <laughs> and in playing the way he does, got a yellow card in that match. Because of course he did. E. <laughs> you know, he's a dirty, dirty player. <laughs> so that's what you expect from him, an LAFC representative there on Team Canada. Getting it done, 4-1. Uh, in that matchup. So early on in the Gold Cup, we will definitely have to bring more Gold Cup coverage once we get to where where we love the cups the most in the knockout Knockouts. stages. That, yes, yeah. that's when we that's when we watch it. And uh, we're gonna have to knock out for the rest of this episode. That's it for us this week. Dbot, thanks again. The rest of you guys, see ya later. <laughs>